Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, August 31st, 2016. How is everybody doing today? Very, very excited to uh, have everyone back listening to the podcast. Uh, my last show came out last Friday as a nice little uh, primer for uh, everybody out there doing their fantasy football draft. Um, I'm going to take today's show, talk a little bit about the NFL season preview. I'm getting really excited. I'm so excited. It's um, NFL season starts in about a week, uh, next Thursday, September 8th. Of course, the Thursday after Labor Day, NFL will be having their kickoff game, which uh, is a primetime game, a rematch of the Super Bowl, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos. Um, I actually, I think I'm picking the Panthers to win that game. Now with Peyton Manning out of the picture, I know Denver's defense is magnificent, but, uh, you know, they lost a couple of key pieces. They still got Von Miller, but they, uh, they don't have all the guys that won that Super Bowl last year. And, you know, uh, they lost some pieces cause you know, when you, uh, you win the Super Bowl, it's hard to keep everybody on the team cause everybody is, starts to command big contracts. Um, but Carolina looks, uh, looks like they took a step forward even after going 15 and one. They're getting Kelvin Benjamin back. He was their number one wide receiver two years ago. Cam Newton was able to do all of this without him. He'll be back. Um, So, anyway, my point is that I'm excited for the season. Um, It'll be back real soon. Uh, So, we're about a week away. I want to try to establish a a bit of a consistent schedule of having me come out with a a podcast. Maybe I want to think maybe every Wednesday, nice middle of the week thing, so we can check in on every week of the football season as it progresses. Um, I had my fantasy football draft, uh, my two main leagues, and you know, I I was shameless about picking some of the same people. Both teams, DeAndre Hopkins and Jonathan Stewart, are like the core of my team. I mean, both drafts, I was drafting right in the middle of the draft. Uh, my eight-team league, I ended up drafting fifth. And um, instead of taking like a David Johnson or a Todd Gurley, I ended up going with the wide receiver. And at that point, you know, Julio Jones, ODB, Antonio Brown are off the board. So DeAndre Hopkins is my tasty next pick. I think DeAndre Hopkins is, uh, is going to be a stud. He'll be fine. Um, and I'm just, I feel more positive about Jonathan Stewart than some of these other guys who are ranked higher, you know. Devontae Freeman, Eddie Lacy, C.J. Anderson, some of those other guys, I don't feel as positive about them as I do about Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart was great last year, and I feel like he's going to be great this year. I'm predicting that Carolina is going to kind of do very similar work to what they did last year. They were dominant, and I don't see them losing a step one bit. I see Denver taking a little bit of a step back now that they've got Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback. Um, the defense is amazing, but again, they lost some guys to the defensive uh, from the defensive side of the ball. That's neither here nor there. I'm talking all over the place. The point is, football season's coming back. Everyone's getting excited. There's definitely news to talk about. There's things to mention. Um, I also want to see if I can get a consistent guest on here to talk uh, some football with me. Hopefully, I can do a football and a basketball side as well. Um, I want to thank everybody at Flow Sports. So actually, I went out for a I went out for a job interview yesterday at a company called Flow Sports here in Austin, Texas, and uh, really nice people, very unique work environment. Uh, there wasn't a single person wearing anything business casual. Everybody was dressed like they were going to the gym. Uh, they do some uh, some exciting work. Uh, pretty much they're offering a, a, a online stream, subscription-based streaming service uh, to watch uh, you know, some of the smaller you know, more niche market sports like, uh, 
you know, wrestling, track and field, grappling, jujitsu, things like that. Uh, you know, really providing coverage and uh, and and footage of some of these sports for the fans out there that want it that can't normally get it. Um, very interesting company. Um, I w- interviewed for a job to be the executive assistant to three of their top executives. I interviewed with two of those executives and the office manager. Um, I want to thank them, Phil, Ray, uh, Melissa. Thank you very much for seeing me. I was not able to meet with uh, Mark, who actually had to leave because I think his wife was going into labor. Uh, I have a feeling I'm never going to see these people again. I don't particularly think the interview went that well. I thought it went pretty well. I was a little all over the place. I was talking an awful lot. As you can tell, I I like to talk. Um, Although I do not think they were particularly impressed with me. Um, I was a little disappointed because I think think I'd be a great fit for their environment. I think I'd work really hard and be a uh, a good asset to their team. But you know what? There's only one person that gets the job. Maybe... Three other people in front of me looked better and gave them a better feel and a better vibe. Um, Whatever the case, they were good people. Pleasure to meet them. Uh, Thank you for taking the time out of your busy days. Again, I feel like I'm never going to see those people ever again. It was an experience, to say the least. I I was just a little disappointed. You know, I'm just trying to find my way in this world right now. Uh trying to get into an industry and a place that I have no credentials for, uh, try to get jobs that I don't have any resume for, and, uh, you know, just taking in the fact that I spent an awful lot of money in four years at an undergraduate college to get a degree in acting and how to use my imagination. And uh, you know what? Uh, A lot of these jobs I'm going and applying for don't really care about any of that work. So uh, I end up becoming a a rather unappealing candidate, and uh, it it makes me... um, I guess I just want to be in an industry and a place that I'm passionate about and I care about. And, uh, you know, now that I'm out of school and I'm going after jobs that are not, you know, fitting my credentials, it's much harder. I guess, you know, that makes perfect sense. I guess if I had done everything by the book, you know, uh, things would be a little bit more streamlined at this point, but they're not. And uh, it is what it is. I got to make the most of where I'm at right now. So Thank you, Flow Sports, for taking a look at me, and uh, maybe at some point in the future you'll take another look at me. Maybe there'll be another job opening. Goodness knows you guys are expanding quicker than you know what to do with yourselves. Um, Anyway, let's talk about some football news that's come up. The real tragic news is really Teddy Bridgewater dislocating his knee and tearing his ACL. Non-contact injury. Uh, From what I read, he pretty much dropped back to pass in the middle of a practice and just his knee buckled out from underneath him and he collapsed. It's just, it's sad I really, I feel very strongly about seeing players play. I don't like injuries. I know that when it comes to football, injuries are much more of a, of a factor than any of the other major sports out there. It's just, listen, Tony Romo going down with this broken back. Now he's going to be gone six to ten weeks. Teddy Bridgewater done for the season. I mean, it just, to think about how much the Dallas Cowboys season was influenced by Tony Romo getting hurt. And then to think of the fact that he's already injured even before the season starts, it's just it's just rough. At least they have somewhat of an opportunity to plan for not having Romo available. Same thing with the Vikings. At least they have somewhat of an opportunity. I mean, they're still only a week to 10 days away from the start of the season. I just... You know, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Vikings now. I, I believe Sean Hill, who's a you know veteran backup. I mean, he's the equivalent to Matt Hasselbeck on the Colts last year. I don't even know if he's going to make it through an entire season. But 
That's the only guy they got right now, and unless they want to start trading for another quarterback, and when you start talking about trading for another quarterback, bringing someone in, you're talking about bringing someone in who hasn't been looking at your playbook, who hasn't been in the quarterback's room with everybody else. This is a fresh face who's going to walk in and be like, hi, um, how many days do I have to get up to speed with the playbook? Ten days? Uh, okay. Um, so I'm really kind of curious. It dampers a lot the Vikings' opportunity to, to repeat as NFC North champions. Um, I still think they're going to be dangerous because, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, certainly everybody was looking for him to take a step forward this year, but there's no reason to think that he was a big reason for their, you know, their, their success last year. He was much more of a game manager, and the defense was, I think, uh, what really won them that division. That defense is still going to be tenacious. It's still going to be nasty. It's just a shame because Adrian Peterson's going to have another year with a Christian Ponder-esque quarterback in his backfield, and he's going to, you know, going to be working with a game manager who may or may not be able to eke out some wins. And uh, there's going to be some games decided by one or three points that I think the Vikings are going to lose because Bridgewater is not under center. So it's a little tough to hear for the Vikings, but, you know, Mike Zimmer's a heck of a coach. I really like what he did with that team last year. I like how he sort of, you know, refocused the Vikings on that defense. And uh, I have faith that he's going to be able to get that Vikings team up to speed and at least make them competitive next year. I certainly see the Vikings finishing with a better record than the Bears and the Lions. I don't have much faith in the Bears and the Lions. There's a lot of, a lot of uncertainty with those two teams. Um, the Lions, you know, they're losing Megatron. Some people feel as though that's going to allow them to take a step forward, um, you know, to not have the burden of having this double-teamed wide receiver. But, you know, Megatron, I don't ever feel, was the make-or-break guy for that Lions team. He was a great asset, but there's a lot of issues the Lions still have. You know, the defense, I think, was something which became exciting when Jim Schwartz was there, but it was something that became a real problem last year. And, uh, you know, I think Matthew Stafford's been able to stay healthy and has performed fairly well. But again, there's so many things about the the Vikings offense that really, you know, don't don't really get they don't get they don't get you excited. Amir Abdullah, you know, Theo Riddick. I'm not excited about those running backs. I just this is a team that's really, I think, going to be you know wallowing in another six and ten, seven and nine season, maybe even five and eleven. I think the Bears could take a step forward, but I, I don't see that happening either. The Bears have a way of shooting themselves in the foot. And this is a team that is now going forward without Matt Forte, that's going forward with, with Jeremy Langford. And I'll be clear, I've got Jeremy Langford on my fantasy teams. I think he's going to get a lot of work. They're going to give him the rock a lot, but they're not. that's not going to be a big step forward for them. You're going to see the Green Bay Packers taking this division, probably 11-5, and five, um, you know, I see Jordy Nelson coming back in, Randall Cobb. They're going to be clicking on all cylinders all over again. Um, it's the Packers taking this division. So um, let's go through each of the divisions. You know, I, I'm talking a little bit about uh, Bridgewater gone. That kind of got me started on the NFC North. Um, let's talk about the NFC South. Panthers, Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints. Um, I see... I see the Saints taking a step backwards. I see them maybe even slipping to 6-10. and 10. It's hard to imagine with Drew Brees because Drew Brees really has a way of sort of making sure teams don't lose. He, you know, he can sort of eke out a win no matter what he does, but I, I see the Saints really starting to lose a step. Even with all these amazing wide receivers that they have, I know they can score like, like gangbusters, but that defense is, 
even without Rex Ryan, I'm really skeptical about their defensive ability. Um, the Buccaneers and the Falcons, I see taking a step forward. I like Dirk Cutter being implemented as the full, uh, the permanent head coach for the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston taking a step forward this year. Mike Evans, I like him. Vincent Jackson, that's going to work out. Doug Martin, hopefully he can repeat some of the work he did last year. And plus, you know, you got a lot of exciting defensive guys with the, the Buccaneers. You know, you still got Levante David and um, Gerald McCoy. Like, there's some there's some stuff to be excited about. I, I think the Buccaneers will will have a winning record this year. I see them at least coming out at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Falcons, you know, this might finally be their time to shine. You know, Dan Quinn started that team out really good. Uh, last year, the defense came out, and they were tenacious. They really fell off in the second half of the season. But, you know, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, you know, Roddy White is officially out of a job, but I I see good things for that Falcons offense. I think the Falcons offense is probably – I think they can crank out nine wins this year. Um, again, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman – that might be a tricky situation. I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate the success they had last year. Uh, Panthers are going to win the division all over again. I don't think they'll go 15-1, and one, but I could see the Panthers with 12 wins, maybe even 13 wins if they are able to keep that, uh, that momentum going. Even after the Super Bowl loss, that Panthers team is still dangerous, and Cam Newton is hungry, man. He is hungry, hungry, hungry. And as I said at the top of this podcast, uh, Kelvin Benjamin's back. He's back, and, he's, and I'm sure he's – hopefully he'll be better than ever. Uh, I really, uh, I think the Panthers are going to stomp their way to another, um, another division title, uh, NFC West Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals won it last year. It's, I kind of see the Seahawks coming back. It's, it's a game. Once again, this is going to be the Seahawks Cardinals showdown all over again. Um, I think the Cardinals are primed to get close to repeating what they did last year. But I don't know, part of what they did last year was sort of knocking the Seahawks down a peg. And the Seahawks could fall down a peg with the loss of Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if Thomas Rawls can repeat what he did last year. And especially now that they're talking about a uh, running back by committee situation with Christian Michael, or Kristen Michael, I don't know how to say his name. Um, but I don't think Doug Baldwin and uh, and Jermaine Curse are going to be able to repeat that fantastic show that they put on with Russell Wilson last year. Y- you know, I- I'm I'm going to say the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will take the division. I think they'll pull it with 11 wins, maybe 12 wins for the Cardinals. Um, I see the Seahawks getting to 10 wins. The Cardinals, you know, as as embarrassing as it was to get just a shellacked by the the Panthers last year in the NFC Championship game. You know, that still doesn't take away anything they did during the season. Now you're going to have a full training camp with David Johnson as your as your tailback. You know, they've got Chris Johnson coming back. They got Andre Elton. They got the same backfield. It's just clear now that it's David Johnson's job. You know, I, Larry Fitzgerald has got a, you know, I love the man. He showed everybody that he's still not done. John Brown, J.J. Nelson. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with this Cardinals team. And I think that, uh, I think they're going to come back over and, and win that division again. Um the Niners, I think you'll see some uptick with Chip Kelly coming in. You know, there's going to be some exciting new innovative stuff he's going to pull out of his hat that nobody's seen before, um, but only so much. You know, this whole issue with Colin Kaepernick, and that's something I got to talk about the Colin Kaepernick not standing for, this, for the national anthem. I'll get to the Rams in a second. Um, but the Kaepernick Blaine Gabbert quarterback carousel that's going on, 
you know, Chip Kelly's going to earn them a couple of additional wins, but that team is too much of a hot mess. I don't think they're going to get any better than six wins this season. I, I see them going 6-10 and 10 this year. The Rams, I think, can pull out another 8-8 eight and eight season. Jeff Fisher, captain of the 8-8 eight and eight season, you know, maybe they'll go 7-9, and nine, but the Jared Goff, I don't know. Listen, I think he's going to need at least a season before he's ready for prime time. Even with Todd Gurley, even with that amazing defense, I still see the Rams coming out to like a 7-9, and nine, maybe an 8-8 eight and eight team. Um, to get back to Kaepernick for a second, and again, I can't say anything really about the, the Niners team. Carlos Hyde, sure, let's see what he does this year. Um, Torrey Smith, whatever. Um, you know, the defense, the, the Niners defense is what's going to be, I'm excited about, but they'll probably be playing 8 million plays this year because Chip Kelly will have the defense on the field for the entire game. Colin Kaepernick, not, not standing for the national anthem. In my opinion, if he doesn't want to stand for the national anthem, that is his right. Okay. I know people are going to be offended. I know people will be hurt. I know there's people out there who, who stand with the armed forces, but this is a country of freedom. And the First Amendment allows you to shit on the flag if you want to. It allows you to shit on the national anthem if you want to. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would do that, but one of the greatest things about this country is there's so much freedom in this country that you have the right to tell the, the president and everybody to go fuck themselves if they want to. I mean, that's really one of the greatest parts about being American is you can disagree with everything about America and still be an American. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. If he doesn't want to stand up, if he wants to make a point, that's his right. And the only people that are going to try to stop him or get in his way are the NFL because they'll fine him or something. And, and let's be clear here. All of this news is coming because he is an NFL quarterback and he gets the opportunity to stand for the national anthem during a football game. Okay. So if he wasn't on an NFL team, if he wasn't playing in an NFL game, if he was just some guy at a local high school team or a local wherever, or even some guy in his sixth grade class who chose not to stand for the national anthem, which probably has happened before, it's not going to get nearly the amount of credibility uh, or, or a press as doing it for, a, for an NFL football game. And the NFL hasn't fined him. They haven't said you can't do that because if anybody's sensitive to PR, it's the friggin' NFL and they know that they could get into hot water if they say anything one way or the other. So they're just kind of stepping back and not trying to touch it. But as long as the NFL doesn't stop him, he can do what he wants. And the truth is, I think one of the biggest things he wanted to do was get a message across and say something. And you know what? People are talking. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it is creating a social discussion. And it's and when things like that happen, it transcends sports. We don't have sports people talking about this. We've got sports people and news people, social media people, Facebook people, everybody who doesn't know who doesn't care or give a shit about football is hearing about Colin Kaepernick and being like, oh yeah, that was the quarterback who didn't stand for the national anthem. Hmm, interesting. So listen, for me, it takes it away from football. I'm all about football. If he wants to do that, be my guest. That is his right. Who am I to stand in his way? And you know what? He brings some attention to something that he disagrees with, and it, and it starts a discussion. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Arizona Cardinals are winning that division. NFC East, oh, oh my favorite division, the Eagles, Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys. So, so, so. I don't see the Redskins repeating as division champs. 
I really want to give it to my Eagles, but I don't see them taking I'm going to have to, you know, I was picking the Cowboys. I thought with Tony Romo coming back, they were a surefire shot with Ezekiel Elliott, this amazing offensive line, the defense getting healthy. Sean Lee is actually going to be playing. I thought the Cowboys would reel off 11 or 12 wins and win the division. Now you got to backpedal. You got to change your mind because Tony Romo's not going to be playing. As amazing as backup quarterback Dak Prescott looks, He's still a backup rookie quarterback, and we have no idea what that's really going to look like when you get to week one game time. So I'm going to have to change my thoughts. I'm going to say now with Tony Romo out, I see the Cowboys at six wins. Um, I don't see them winning the division. I see the Redskins stumbling. The Redskins will stumble. Kirk Cousins will not be able to repeat what he did. Their defense is going to be schlocky. And I see the Redskins being a nine and seven team. They're going to stumble. They're not. They're still going to be competitive, um, but I see them, you know, being nine and seven. Whereas I see the New York Giants being ten and six. I think the Giants now are going to win the division. Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard is supposed to be the tits. Um, you know, you got uh, Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins. They've got a great defense. You know, I wasn't too high on them, but now that you you got to take. Dallas down a peg, I think New York is going to be the team to step up and take it. And I want to say my Eagles. I really want to say my Philadelphia Eagles, but too much changeover. There's too much new stuff going on. I know Sam Bradford's still there, but with Doug Peterson coming in, moving on from a lot of those guys, I think the defense is going to be tenacious, but I I see them being a 9-7 team. I see them sort of fitting in with the Redskins, landing like one game behind the Giants and losing out on a wild card. So I'm optimistic about the Eagles. I think they've got a lot of good things in place for them to to benefit this year. But uh, it's just, it's tough for me to see all of the pieces coming together. Like when your running back situation is Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and Wendell Smallwood, and maybe Kenyon Barner. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I just, they don't really know what's going on with wide receiver. Jordan Matthews is the best possible option. Maybe Doriel Green Beckham. I mean, come on, Eagles. You got to put up a better show than that. They might end up falling to like six and 10 or seven and nine all over again. Ugh, I hate to say it. Now, the AFC AFC East, Pats, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. Patriots are going to win the division. I don't even, even with Jimmy Garoppolo playing the first four weeks of the season, I still see them coming out to at least 11 wins. Um, I, there's, there's nothing really to talk about. They're going to do what they do every single year all over again. Um, I'll be curious to see if Deion Lewis comes back this year and, and how well he plays, but it's going to be the Patriots all over again. They're going to come out. Nobody's going to suspect them being fantastic or, well, no one's really, you know, they're always going to, they're going to do exactly what they do. Tom Brady is going to look like he hasn't aged at all. And I think they're going to put a hurting on teams with this Martellus Bennett, Rob Gronkowski, two tight end set. And, you know, Bill Simmons mentioned this when uh, the killer and Aaron Hernandez was still playing on the team. He really didn't do much blocking tight end stuff. He was much more of a wide receiver who just was slotted as a tight end. But with Martellus Bennett now, on the Patriots with Gronk, that's going to be ugly, man. Those two, those two guys are going to be dominating, like pushing people around on the line of scrimmage. I am, um, I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And again, they're they're going to win that division. Um, the Bills, I think, will be the team that takes the step forward. Um, I can see the Bills getting to nine wins, maybe ten wins, maybe a wild card, but that's pushing it. That's really pushing it. 
Um, I do like, you know, Tyrod coming back for another year. LaShawn, like, now that they've got a year under their belt, I mean, the, the thing that scares me is the defense. The, facts that Rex, the fact that Rex Ryan's defense got worse last year when he came on board. The fact that they've lost Mario Williams, that they've lost, you know, Darius is going to be is going to be suspended. They've already lost, you know, Shaq Lawson and Reggie Ragland. Like I mean, this is really hurting them. So I see them possibly taking a step forward, but again, it's just it's going to be tough. They might end up slipping to 8 and 8. Maybe. Maybe. I don't 10 wins is is optimistic for the Bills. The Jets, you know, the Jets they were talking about it earlier on uh, on Bill Simmons' podcast about how the Jets start out and they've got a really really tough schedule to start the season. Like their first six games or something like that is just absolutely atrocious. And the other thing they mentioned is that everyone on the team is is up there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, you know, uh, you got Eric Decker. I mean, all these Matt Forte. I mean, the Jets have got a whole bunch of like old school guys. Yeah, here, look at this. First six games for the Jets, at home against the Bengals, on the road against the Bills, on the road against the Chiefs, at home against the Seahawks, on the road against the Steelers, on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. That is a tough slate to start your season. Yowza, if you ask me. The Jets, I see them regressing. I don't see them getting to 10 wins this year. I'm going to go ahead and throw out the Jets at like an 8-8 eight and eight team. I say the Jets will make it to 8-8. Eight and eight. Maybe the Bills will make it to 8-8. Eight and eight. And again, the Dolphins are going to be in the toilet. The Dolphins, you know, their defense should be amazing. With Indomitian Sue, Mario Williams. I mean, these guys should be ripping up offenses. But last year, they didn't do it. And I think it was a real coaching situation. I mean, this year, hopefully, Adam Gase coming in as the, num- the first-year head coach. You know, offensive-minded. Adam Gase was the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning in Denver when he threw 55 touchdowns. So... You're thinking hopefully he can get something going on with uh, Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like Arian Foster on Miami. I think Arian Foster is just such a hard workhorse. He's going to find a way, but I still see that team 6-10, and 5-11, and 11, not impressed with that team, not impressed with the Dolphins at all. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, let's go to the AFC South, Texans, Colts, Jaguars, Titans, Tough, tough division, and when I say tough, I mean tough to try to put your finger on what the hell is going on with that division. Uh, I mean, just a whole bunch of hot mess of teams. You've got the Colts, who can't seem to make any type of offseason acquisitions or drafts in any decent way. You know, they still don't have a decent offensive line. They've got Andrew Luck, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They can't figure out a way to protect him. He gets sacked more than any other quarterback in the league, except maybe Aaron Rodgers. Um... You know, they, they've got some promising uh, people at wide receiver with T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. Um, you got Frank Gore. I don't know about that. And the defense, they're already they – they just signed Antonio Cromartie because Vontae Davis is going to be out. This Colts team, I mean, I think they'll be – they had a really down year last year, and I think they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, I actually – just because the division is so bad, I see them – going up to 9 and 7 and winning the division at 9 and 7 and I see the Texans Houston Texans with a new quarterback Brock Osweiler and JJ Watt I see them slipping to 8 and 8 and really uh you know losing the division title to uh, the Colts and then okay the Titans are going to stay in the toilet you know even with with Mariota with DeMarco Murray with Derrick Henry all of these pieces that they're excited about 
I see them getting three wins, maybe four wins. The Titans, I'm just still not impressed with them. The Jaguars, I think, are going to make some noise. Blake Bortles got really excited, exciting with his passing game. Allen and Allen, the, the two wide receivers, are have been great. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. I like the fact that they brought in Chris Ivory, and they've got all these defensive players. You know, now Dante Fowler is coming back from the ACL tear. He'll actually play. He'll have a rookie year. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's in there. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with Jacksonville. And finally, Gus Bradley can get a, sh- can get a shot to show what he can do as a head coach. I think that Jacksonville team makes it to 7-9. Seven and nine, maybe even eight and eight. If they get to, if they get up there, it'll be pretty exciting. Um, but I still, I think the Colts will take that division. The Texans might be able to wrestle it from their grasp, but I think the, I think the Colts will win. Um, AFC West, this actually is one of my favorite divisions: Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. Um, hmm, this is a toughie. I think, uh, I think you're probably going to see the Kansas City Chiefs win the division. Um, I think the Chiefs can can must can muster up 11 wins. Uh, they've got all these pieces in place from last year. They're still dealing with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but I think Andy Reid's a good enough coach to make it work. Um, I think the Broncos, of course, are going to take a step back without the offensive prowess of uh, their quarterbacks. You know, now that they're starting Trevor Simeon and they lost some guys on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I mean, I think the Broncos could fall to seven and nine. Or eight and eight. I, I truly believe that. I think the Broncos are probably going to fall out of the playoffs. Um, the Raiders, Raiders are going to take a step forward. I'm telling you that right now. I think this might be the first time in since maybe 2002 that the Raiders are actually going to like have a winning record. I think the Raiders can get themselves up to eight and eight or uh, nine and seven. I think the Raiders can get to nine and seven this year. Their defense is exciting. Khalil Mack. Derek Carr and Amari Cooper really had a rapport going last year. I mean, there's some there's some great things to be excited about with this Oakland Raiders team, and I love Jack Del Rio as the coach. It's just they finally looked like they were turning a corner last year, and I think they're going to keep it going this year. They revitalized Michael Crabtree's career. I mean, he was left for dead in San Francisco, and last year he was fantastic. He's on one of my fantasy teams. That's what I'm talking about. So I um I like the Raiders. I think the Raiders and the Chiefs are going to be the toast of that division. The Chargers... I love them so much, but they were 4-12 and last year, and there's not a lot showing me that they're going to be any different this year. Maybe they'll get to five wins this year. I love Phillip Rivers so much, but just defense, you know, there's not a lot about their defense that gets me excited. You know, they lost some of their great wide receivers. Malcolm Floyd uh, retired. Um, You know, Stevie Johnson's done for the year. Uh, you know, now the guys they have are essentially Keenan Allen and Travis Benjamin. And, and of course, uh, Antonio Gates. Can't forget Antonio Gates. Um, but it's just not enough to get not enough to get the Chargers up and going again. I see the Chargers being 5-11. and 11. Just, just embarrassing, embarrassing. And uh, lastly, we've got the, uh, um, the, Bra- the, N- the AFC North, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Browns will be in the toilet again. Maybe they'll get to five wins with Robert Griffin. Maybe six wins, six and ten. I could see that. Um, the Ravens will turn it around. I think they will, you know, get back into form with Joe Flacco playing a full season, um, some more health. They they had a lot of injuries last year, which I really think took a lot of the momentum out of their season. Um, but I think uh, I think you'll see the Ravens getting up to six wins as well. I think the Ravens and the Browns will both be six win teams next year. The Browns just, you know, listen. I like Gary Barnage. I like. 
Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon might actually play this season, um, which hopefully he will if he doesn't you know, get busted smoking another joint. Um, but again, just not enough to kind of get them to turn around. you got to do a lot to get a team back up to 8-8 eight and eight or even a winning record. And I, and I think finally, for the first time in years, the Browns are doing all the right things. I think Hugh Jackson is a fantastic coach, but just not – not enough to get them out of the toilet yet. Um, Steelers and the Bengals, it's going to be them all over again. I think the Steelers will be 9-7. and seven. I think that they're also going to have a little bit of a, you know, a win regression. They're always kind of in it. They're always tenacious. But they last couple of years, as they, as they you know, with Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger kind of becoming the aerial attack, Pittsburgh has gotten away from that, that defensive sort of, you know, mantra. Like, they, they were always known for their defense, and they've kind of stepped away from that. And sometimes, you know, they've got holes in their defense. And they were also overpaying certain defensive players for a while. And um, it put them in a few tough spots because they would lose close games. And I think that's going to happen all over again. Um, I think they'll probably finish maybe 9-7 and seven and maybe still squeak in with a wild card spot because I think the Bengals, the Bengals, I think, can be 12-4 and four this year. I think the Bengals are going to do what they did last year. They're going to they're going to keep it going. They're going to win that division. They're going to get into the playoffs, and they'll finally actually get Marvin Lewis a playoff win. That's my prediction. AJ uh, Andy Dalton will come back. AJ Green will do what he does. The defense is just as tenacious. Everyone is pretty much coming back. They had very little movement on some of their pieces, and I just think another year under their belts, they're going to come back. They're going to be tenacious all over again. Um, so I like it. I like it. I I'm feeling positive about the Bengals. Um, any other, uh, well, that was all my divisions. I gave you kind of my predictions. Any other, you know, stuff that's popping out here? Um, I don't know. There, there's some news on the horizon, but nothing too exciting. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's all I got for today. Thanks uh, a lot for listening. Um, I'm certainly going to be talking a lot about uh, fantasy football over the coming weeks, uh, what I thought of each NFL game. You know, I'm going to be doing like game-by-game recaps. Uh, I will say this, though. Week one of the NFL season is one of the most difficult weeks to try to predict because we have no idea what each team is going to look like when they come out. And even after week one, you still don't really have a sense of how things are going. I'm going to give you an example. Last week on Monday, uh, last week, last year, week one, Monday Night Football, the last game of the week, of week one was the, was the second Monday Night Football game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. San Francisco 49ers trounced all over the Vikings, blew them out, made them look like idiots. And over the course of the season, the Vikings ended up having a fantastic year, winning their division and going to the playoffs. And the San Francisco 49ers ended up having an atrocious season, being 4-12 and and, and being or 5-11 and and being out of the playoffs. But yet that first game after week one really made everyone think very differently about those two futures. So you got to be careful with week one. Be careful of who you start with your fantasy teams. I would say just uh, you know, start whoever you think is going to be the best option. You'll know more after week one is over. And uh, you know, try to enjoy week one. Try to enjoy it as sort of like you know, you're coming out fresh. Everybody's zero and zero. The season has started. No one is uh, no one has sort of already written off the season or any of that stuff. So there's a lot of optimism with all the teams. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I'll come back next week. I'll give you my predictions for each game of the week to tell you, give you my prediction as to who I think is going to come out on top. I'll also make some uh, some fantasy football starting recommendations, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, so listen, thanks thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Um, as you know, check out my podcast, uh, which you're listening to right now, Sam Sports Podcast. Spread it around. Share it. Tell other people about it. 
Um, go to my Facebook page, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is SmithFaceJones, or just search Sam Rosenberg. You'll see a picture of me wearing a green shirt with a big smile on my face. And uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram as well. Follow me on Instagram um, at Sam Sports Station. Uh, that's all I have for today. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. I love you. I will talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.